Let's go. You're doing your breathing. You're Let's doing your warm exercise. Nick was doing warm up exercises. Do you remember? Do you remember the um, Ghostbusters uh, cartoon series? Couldn't use the real the Ghost- Ghostbusters. Yes, and they couldn't use the proper Ghostbusters theme because of copyright. So they had to say, yes. "Let's go, Ghostbusters! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go!" Do you remember that? I don't remember that. Let's why go, they Ghostbusters! To, why when they a go. cartoon featuring all the Ghostbusters where they're not allowed to talk about being the Ghostbusters? Because there was probably a completely different intellectual property agreement. You got to the theme music. You should do the whole podcast in that voice. Yes, I should. It would be great. Ing. <laughs> <laughs> and coming up to the hour, it's time to look at the traffic. Susie, Goes. what's it looking like on the M25? It's bumper to bumper, Nick. Uh, uh, brake lights all the way back to the junction. Do you know what? If you're feeling sad about that, what you should think is... The traffic coming towards you is diamonds. The traffic going away from you is rubies. And think of all those lovely rows of diamonds and rubies. Oh. Talking about diamonds and rubies, it's ebony and ivory. <laughs> You've missed your calling. Yes. Horribly. Okay. I don't understand how that's got anything to do with ebony and ivory. Well, no, exactly. <laughs> white and red. Why can't white and red people just learn to live <laughs> yes, in harmony? exactly. Living side by side on this keyboard. Oh, so why don't we or whatever? Switch off this TV set and do something less. What percentage drop in racism do you think Ebony and Ivory caused? I think it caused an increase. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of people who watched it suddenly hated all black and white people. Made me hate the blind even more than I already did, and that's an enormous amount of hate. And the Liverpudlians. Well, that goes without (laughs) saying. Yes. Nick, what's the topic this week? The topic this week is. Not for discussion, is. Staycations. Mmm. Repeat it after me. Staycations. Boom. Staycations. Podcast at rumdoings.com or hash rumdoings. Hash rumdoings won't do anything. At rumdoings. Subscribe to us at rumdoings. Hash at. Hash at. at, (laughs) Hash at at rumdoings.com. You you know what's being really annoying me, actually? I may have mentioned this before, but certainly only in passing, but we need to discuss. Is Is it me? Is it I? Yeah, people who don't is know it, the nominative. Is yeah. it one? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's two, because they're much more smelly. I would... Boobies su- are smelly? Huh? Nothing. Mm. I would suggest that the great problem we have Creek. at the moment is with synth- synthesised theme tunes. Now, I'm not talking about good, proper... Are you confusing now with the 1980s? <laughs> no, I'm not, actually. Because 1980s was fine. I'm not talking about good quality um, synthesised with proper unabashed synthesisers doing, doing doing sort of analogue synthy or otherwise proper synthesised artificial sounds you know like the Tomorrow's World themes and I believe the news <laughs> and other shows that haven't been on air for many years uh, the news round themes those were those, you talked about the 80s those were oh, those okay. were you know uh, going right back to the Doctor Who theme which actually wasn't well it was synthesised in the sense that you recorded sort of a lot of things on of tapes and so on yes. but fine what I'm talking about are themes where Clearly, they were too cheap to hire an orchestra. Mm-hmm. So they use oh, a yes, horrible, horrible sequencer. Mm-hmm. A little sequencer with a little, a little man, probably in slightly pink room spectacles, <laughs> clicking on his little <laughs> Apple Macintosh yeah. and thinking that synthesised or rather sampled string section and a sampled saxophone is good enough. And it's not good enough. It's, it's absolutely disgusting. It's like drinking an uh, artificially sweetened drink. I'll give you two examples. I of, think Nick, you think Phil, it's like margarine instead of butter. Well, it is. It's that same. It's yeah. It's where the oral palate has degraded to such a degree <laughs> that people are prepared to put up with it. And you know, it, it is. It's oh my goodness, we're getting away with this. We don't have to get real musicians to record a real 
a, a real theme. Think of the old theme tunes where you would either have to do honest to goodness synthesized music, or you would actually have a, you'd have a proper big band in their own orchestra or whatever. Um, think about theme tunes today. Um, one that is absolutely awful. I don't know how it was able to be commissioned because even for people who are thick. And orally, <laughs> yes. uh, and, and orally and orally unsophisticated. Surely it must grate. And that's the um, the great designs or grand designs theme tune on Channel Four. I've never seen your grand designs. Um, it, listen to it. It is the most obnoxious sequenced uh, uh, sample thing, which is pretending to be uh, an orchestra, but sounds absolutely awful. And then, of course, the other famous one. And what's the most prestigious uh, program on Radio Four at the moment? Yours? No, the most... Pursu- oh, oh, of course, uh, 100 Objects. <laughs> it is horrible. Bong, 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 bling, bling. They haven't even... Bo- you know, I hate pan pipes. They haven't even bothered to get a real pan pipe yeah. to do those bits. They've, they've got awful sampled sounds which they bung together on the old Macintosh, and they think that's good enough for a series that's supposed to be this prestigious... You know, it's 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 supposed to be. It's basically the flagship series of Radio Four. Now, mm-hmm. if a flagship series isn't good enough to get a properly orchestrated theme, is there anything that is now? And it wouldn't need an orchestra, would it? Just a a, a, a quartet would have yeah. been enough for such is, a program. There, I mean, think about it. Even programs like Faulty Towers, they actually had a real string quartet playing it. Well, think of programs like Family Guy. Um, the whole episode. Well, he is, has an orchestra. Is, he does, it's an orchestra yes. that, that. Oh, even programs like Survivor, The Amazing Race. All these programs mm. these are forty-five minute. Um, on the other documentary hand, series are, are, yeah. are orchestrated. On the other hand, on the other hand, um, things there it's creeping in even in America. For example, um, Desperate Housewives. Uh, mm-hmm. Danny Elfman did the most obnoxiously trashy um, uh, sample oh, yeah. sample synth uh, sequence for that. And you listen to it again. You know, oh, log into just... the log into the YouTube's now and watch yes. it. I'm sure it'll be there. And you'll re- you realize what I mean. Compare the that to the Simpsons. Th- compare that to the Simpsons theme tune, which or anything he's done. Whatever you think of the Simpsons, at least it had a theme tune produced, which was yes. produced by proper orchestras and so on. Yes. But yeah. So now, what, 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 is what is this? What is this? What do you turquoise? Think, but what do you think of that first before we talk about the turquoise drink? Oh. It's what do you think of what I say? Have you noticed it? Or yes, I just... of course. No, absolutely. It, it, I wonder whether... Uh, whether I the, find it very I wonder, sad when it's obviously a keyboard that's producing the sound. I wonder it's... whether the little people had noticed. The little people. Oh, I am, I am amongst your little people, am I? Well, yeah, but Amongst you, your hoi ploy. You, you have very little appreciation of music. You've said so yourself. I didn't say anything. You said you've got cloth ears. I didn't say anything. You said you've got cloth ears. You can't sing. Did I can't... say that? Yes. I love the fact you you completely conflate singing with listening. They're not exactly connected. They, I think they are. Well, shish. Turquoise is and recognize bottle it. of liquid. actually recognize. You do admit you can't recognize like music. I said, "Oh look, there's." Why are you talking about? Yeah, I say, "Well, well, listen to the the bass line in that, and listen to the um, I don't know, listen to the second harmony." Like, oh, I don't know what that is. I just listen to it, like meat and veg. <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, Some "Meat and veg." In my I ear. just like I like a good simple tune on a, a good old banjo. <laughs> I said banjos can be quite they complex. can be complex yes. yeah battle banjos because okay, so you've got the bottle, I've got a of, turquoise, bottle of turquoise which has been lying mm. in our liquor cabinet for I don't know how long oh really uh, yeah I don't I can't remember where we got anis apparatus turquoise opened. is tasted mm. for the utmost pleasure it is only tasted for the utmost pleasure the anis apparatus of connoisseurs mm. has drawn from the heart of the nature an uncomparable mm. aroma and savour. Being a traditional drink, yes, it's taste, unlike most drinks which are not traditional. untraditional. Water's drinks. not traditional. Its taste marries the perfume of the sparkling anise 
to the, <laughs> the sparkling anus, anus. To the, being a traditional drink to the plants and the spices that make the richness of the Mediterranean <laughs> full stop not make up they make the richness of the Mediterranean see <laughs> to fully appreciate anus aperitif turquoise always pour it first into the glass <laughs> ah <laughs> I'm glad I didn't read it. Don't drink an empty glass. I'm really glad I didn't read this. This tastes very thin. Oh, no, it's empty. (laughs) I'm really glad I didn't read this before we started. This is great. Then add cold water, Uh, 4 degrees Celsius. Oh, make sure you get some. Shall I get some cold water? At least two times the volume of the anus aperitif. Otherwise, what happens? And you will obtain a drink of Mediterranean flavour, much more than refreshing. (laughs) Much more than... Shall I get... Shall I... (laughs) Uh, uh, John, yes. You can tell a dark secret about me while I go and get okay. some water. Go on then. Oh, it's Turkish. Oh, that's good. We're striking it's the for... traditional Turkish drink. Because I hate the Kurds. No, 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 no. We're no. We're striking a blow for Turkish secularism because, of course, the Erdogan and the new Islamic um, party who runs Turkey mm-hmm. would very much disapprove of this. Oh yes, alcohol. So excellent. I shall now tell him all a dark secret about you. Okay, listeners, listen very carefully. The thing you don't know about Nick is that... I can't think of anything good. He really likes ABBA. You should ask him about ABBA. It's really funny, because he goes from trying to be all... You know, any any subject, say he's ranting about copyright, just bring up ABBA, and he won't be able to stop himself. He'll go into a little lecture all about why they're brilliant. Um, he's, I think he's coming back now. And he's back. He's, that's not cold, that's just tap water. <laughs> yeah. We've got lukewarm tap water. Yes. Did, mm. you, did you tell a good secret? I did. Okay, good. It was excellent. Now, we've we stopped fetishising bottle openings, haven't we? And I've already had a complaint about that. Yeah. Yeah, so we won't talk about it. So we don't discuss it at all. No. Let's discuss, instead... I'm going to have to put... Nick, this is 45% volume. It's fine. There's you water. Want to, and yes, I know. No, they said there needs to be more. a third of a glass of it. Just, just... <laughs> it's fine. Ooh! It does Ooh. that. It does that pastisi thing, and then it goes milky when you pour it into the water. But it's completely clear, and water's completely clear. Mm. All of my understanding of the world and science is. I want to discuss this. Uh, uh, it's it's oh, it smells of gobstopper. It smells of yes, an aniseed. Very aniseedy gobstopper. A couple of weeks back, mm-hmm. um, a, there was a John Ronson article on the Guardian about the insane clown posse. Usually, we'd say in the Guardian. In one's Guardian. Mm. I need to taste this first before I go on to this mm-hmm. subject. This milky pastis. Oh, that's... Ooh. Oh. It's as if you'd just eaten 10,000 gobstoppers. <laughs> Sorry. But then... And then had... It's so powdery. What is... Oh, I know what it is. Uh, Alka-Seltzer. It's the Mediterranean. It's aniseedy Alka-Seltzer. That's exactly what this tastes like. Try again. It's see. got the... You know when you put Alka-Seltzer in water and stir it in? Or any antacid <laughs> It, it does water. something odd on your tongue. It tastes that horrible powdery taste. Try it again. Oh... Maybe it does need to be much colder, I think. Oh, it just needs to be not at all. <laughs> it, needs, it needs to be. It need not to be. Yes, it need not be. Oh, it is strong, though. So yeah. I want to talk about the Insane Clown Posse, because they are a glorious thing, and I shall embed the video in the post. Okay, well, I haven't watched this yet. You, you, you sent me the link, so I know nothing about them at all. So start from the beginning. I knew nothing about them at all before reading this, other than that they existed. Um, I, knew I that didn't they know doing... they existed. I thought there were a lot more of them being called a posse, but it turns out there's only two of them. Hmm. Uh, they, they began on the memes. the duo. Yes, indeed. They began on the mean streets. They were called the Inner City Posse. Mm-hmm. And then they got in trouble. One of them went to prison for 90 days. And so they wanted to get away from their reputation on the streets. Because uh, there were two boys who'd grown up in Christian homes, and now they were acting all naughty and going to prison. 
So they became the insane. They wanted to keep their initials though, because people would tag ICP all over the place. So they became the insane clown posse, and they insist on wearing clown makeup all the time in front of... They never meet the press without their makeup on. They're always on stage with their clown makeup on. Mm. And their songs are famous, apparently, for just being vile. So they contain lyrics about beating up women and um, stabbing people. And they're apparently, according to this article, they're banned in some states in America because they've been linked to gang violence and oh, right. murders have been done in their name and so forth. So, you know, they're, they're a couple of white men. Um, trying to do gangster rap as clowns, right. and it's, the lyrics are, are very unsophisticated, very childish. Uh, uh, would they rhymes. would they try to suggest that they're Irish or Irish? They've done something ever so slightly better than that. Okay, they've announced that the last twenty years mm-hmm. of the Insane Clown Posse has been building up to and containing very many secret messages and hints of their Christianity. Right, they have come out as Christians, and now they are singing Christian music. Right, in which they continue to swear. Prolifically, yes. Um, but they are arguing that all the time they've been building up to this, and their fans are called Juggalos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't know why I haven't bothered to look into this. And they have, you know, many hundreds of thousands of Juggalos mm-hmm. who turn up to their gigs wearing clown makeup and so forth. Some of whom are slightly upset by this revelation, <laughs> as their band, their, their, their group who inspired them to commit all their crimes and do all their stabbings, were secretly all the time... They were stabbing for Jesus! Be- exactly, tricking them into becoming Christians. Oh. And so they have a special coming out song, uh-huh. in which they, I think the chorus goes something like, um, uh, we hope the jugglers will find him, over and over and over again. Capital H. Yeah, capital him, yes. And, um, and, it's, and it, they say, but if you look back at our songs, they've been secret... Rep- and it's like, the most... Appalling, um, uh, I've forgotten the word now, uh, 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 isogesics mm. of their own lyrics to try to backwardly justify uh, yeah. them as, as well, I, I, some I, I sort of Christian content. I assume, of course, what you really think has happened is that they've been born mm. again and they're trying to justify their previous bad behaviour somehow. That is, that's the only thing I can imagine. John Ronson's interview with them is absolutely superb, as you'd imagine for John Ronson. Yeah. He, he's so fantastically clever at being subtle and he reads out criticisms that people have written of them. But the problem is their latest song from earlier this year. Uh-huh. Um, is a song about miracles and how there are. Mi- what are you staring at? You're staring at my neck. It's confusing me. No, I'm just reading. He says this T-shirt is 100% oh. organic, 65% baby seal, 25% panda, and 10% manatee. There you go. It's organic, right? Yes. Okay. Um, so there was a there was a single called Miracles. Well, that well, sounds something Jesus. About miracles. That sounds Jesus to me. Exactly. Fine. And they're singing about how there are miracles everywhere in the world. You just have to look for them, and that's everything's fine. a miracle. Well, then they're, they're, what they say is correct. It's true. It's beautiful. Like um, I'm going to swear for the very first time. In no, no, no. To but you, you, oh, can you, you can use it? yeah, use a melon farmer word. Why not? Just this is more fun. Use a what? melon farmer word. They say fudge. No, no. I'm just going to say the effing. They sing how be- the miracle of the effing rainbow. The fudging rainbow. The fudging rainbow is a miracle. Um... <laughs> And then there's a brilliant point in the song in which they no, go... No, it's, it's optics. Yeah, there's a brilliant point in the song in which they, they, they rap. Um, magnets, how do they work? They, they sing. And then the next line is, I don't... Words to the effect of, I don't want to hear from no effing scientists. They all lie and talk S. That sounds like <laughs> the sort of thing that a Christian would say. Well, that's, that's right, yeah. exactly. So they they're, first, filled with, they, they're filled with the love of Christ. They blunt, they bluster. How does a magnet work? And then instantly, why is the sky blue? And then instantly saying, "Don't, don't, don't, scientists don't, you, are liars. don't, you, don't you tell dare us. tell us how magnets don't tell work. us how magnets." Because they say that if you do that, it's like someone spoiling. It's like spoilers. It makes it takes away the mystery, the magic of the miracles. If you explain how they work. Well, so rather they would rather live in no, ignorance. it creates. No, but in more interestingly, it creates a, a deeper mystery because our uh, initial understanding of magnetism 
and about uh, you know diamagnetism and the moments in the magnetism mm-hmm. and the uh, the way the electrons interact with one another brings forth a bigger mystery absolutely why it does and why the field is there and all that kind of thing which magnetism which, and gra- gravity along with it are fantastic mm-hmm. mysteries yeah fantastic mysteries and the more you understand about it the more mysterious mm-hmm. it becomes so yes. no <laughs> it's such a beautiful song because it's just this it's this um so it's so willfully ignorant and it's mm. so, it's kind of it's they don't sound like the ignorance. sort of gentlemen who really deserve one's ear they're, they're not very good that's the other funny thing about them mm. um, they are particularly bad and they're in a lifelong feud with Eminem because yes. Eminem when he was a, a, a young child or young mm. teenager mm. invited produced some flyers for a party he was organising that had Kid Rock someone else there and he said an insane clown posse maybe and he mm. gave them the flyers to them and they were so angry that he was so presumptuous to to put their names on the flies without asking permission that they refused to go and that young man was then Eminem who has since gone on to s- slate them in all his songs ever since oh what a bunch of prissy prima donnas I know it's so much fun ridiculous people the, the world of white rap well the rap I, I don't think much of rap white or black anymore. oh come on there's some fantastic uh, hip hop and, and so forth the only thing I will give rap and we can just we're discussing art again the only thing I do give rap... You're going very quiet, Nick. Is that, is that um, I can't stand poetry. Right. Oh, Cap- yeah, we meant to talk about poetry. Capital, capital P. Uh, I don't like the way that... And it's only in modern times, only in the last few hundred years, that we have distilled poetry, capital P, from other forms of lyricism, from music and performance and that kind of thing. Now... The way people are so snobbish about song lyrics, saying, that's not poetry, those are merely lyrics, but this is a poem. I think for the same reason that capital A, art is alienating, I think that poetry shouldn't be alienated from the rest of language. It's another distillation, isn't it? It's like saying, here's, all, here's your Croydon, and right. here's language being all pretty and interesting. Uh, no, I want all language to be interesting and considered mm-hmm. and evoke uh, imagery and contradictions. And, well, like the, and I would argue that that can be found very strongly within hip-hop. I mean, artists... No, that, that's, 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 how, that's how I will defend it. I okay. don't particularly like it because, in a, in a weird way, I, 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 I think if you're going to do it, you know, p- just perform it loudly and, or with some music. Don't have, don't have it with all the swagger. The swagger puts me up. Oh, yeah, so the swagger. Um, but I, the, I would argue that, that completely correctly, I would argue that the, um, the, the, the true descendants of the sort of the, the, the lyricists by capital L, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the people who were genuinely poetic, are not these people who will produce a th- slim volume and get onto poetry, please. Yes. But, oh, but, I hate that right now. <laughs> but, but are people like uh, rap stars? I, I would argue I, people I, like I, Bus I Driver or... Um, even uh, my, my, my taste is mostly stuck in the early 90s. I would, say even bus, I would say bus drivers. A bus driver who has a witty put-down to somebody who doesn't pay a pay I've fee is to... a better poet than um, those weird northerners who appear I've, on Poetry, Please. I've linked you to Bus Driver in the past. He's, he's very yeah. clever. But, but, but bands like Disposable Heroes of Hip Hop, The Tribe Called Quest, I, I, and I, I, all these bands in the I early think, 90s... I think the distillation of poetry from prose has been very unhelpful, or from language. I think one can sometimes hear a turn of phrase in, no- in normal language, you know, where people can be talking to each other, talking on a bus, and that can be, if you like, poetic, or they can be uh, uh, just the way that uh, a note is written, or the way that a piece of prose appears to evoke in you certain imagery caused by the mechanics of the language. That's poetic. I don't think it is necessary to artificially distill out and be all artful, capital A, about it, and call it poetry. What good does that do one? 
Have you read Stuart Lee's uh, novel? I think it's called the per- the Perfect Fool. No, I haven't. It's actually a very good. It's, it's, it's I enjoyed it very much. Um, I think it's been reprinted now since his autobiography has come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's worth reading because what's so fascinating about it is it's all written in poetic form, except without. There's no glimmer of that when you read it. You can just read it as a novel, and it's printed mm-hmm. as a novel. But if you read it out loud, suddenly you realise there's a beat I don't all think the way through, is. which is I, fan- I fascinating. Here's my hypothesis. I don't. The moment one utters language. Uh, one cannot but be poetic. Okay. Well, this is it's very interesting how it lends itself to that. I don't know, it's, it seems a very, very peculiar trait to the book. It's really interesting. One can be arch mm-hmm. and self-conscious, but one cannot be poetic or non-poetic. Let's talk about poetry, please, for a moment. Now, it's presented yes. by Roger McGough. He's one of, one of, one of the, one of, as Victoria says, oh, he's, he's one of the northern poets. They sometimes <laughs> appear on Radio 3 as well. He, um... <laughs> He and the point of this program. Have we talked about this before? No. The point of this program is it's half an hour on Radio Four. I think sixteen times a day. It's called poetry. Please. Poetry, please. <laughs> so, uh, and and one hundred and sixty times on Sunday. That's right. In which the uh, listeners write in or email in, presumably now. Uh, but I imagine mostly writing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I imagine emailing is scorn. That's right. They te- they they send a telegram to the show, <laughs> yes. saying that they wish for this particular poem to be read aloud on the program. Now, I've often been confused by radio pro- radio stations that have request shows when they ask, you know, sw- and they still do this now when you can listen to any song you wish on demand at any time why you would wish to impose it upon everyone else via the radio. But poetry if you want to hear a poem read the poem the only reason anyone would ever nominate a poem to be uh, read aloud on this is because they feel that they need to educate the rest of the world to hear it. There's this act of such pretentiousness yes, yes. to say, I would like such and such by such and such to be read aloud. Because my reading it to myself is not clearly not going to be educating the proles. No, it's true. Uh, by the way, um, before people attack me for dissing poetry mm-hmm. because maybe I'm no good at it or can't appreciate it. And, uh, yes. Actually, I, 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 I can write it pretty well. I can, I'm, very, I'm very good at writing a sonnet on demand and things uh-huh. like that. And I get the I'm a, I'm a big pentameter. I know all the tricks and I can actually do them quite well. However, I still don't respect what I produce in the end, other right. than as a, a clever little artifice. I, and, and I don't feel that... I, I, I think that there are certain poems which, uh, which, which, which can evoke in one something interesting, but I don't think they do a better job than, say, a good lyric to a good piece of music. Right. So, you know, Philip Larkin is famous for this because he's a very popular poet, and of course, mm-hmm. you know this be verse. They fudge you up, your mum. They do. You heard that one. Now... Okay, that's an enjoyable concept, and it and, and it was naughty, mm-hmm. and one can narrate it, and one can enjoy it. But I think when one narrates it, and enjoys it, it's it's almost the lyricism of it. It's almost it is like a, a sort of a, a naughty punk song that one's enjoying. Sure. And and when one starts with poetry, what does one start? One starts with nursery rhymes, doesn't one? Mm-hmm. And I think if you look traditionally, poetry was always associated with music. You know, in the Greek tradition even in shakespeare's time those ghastly poems the hey nonny no under mm-hmm. fire upon thy toe and all that nonsense <laughs> um that was always associated you can produce them on yes, demand that was always associated with um with, with music it wasn't just this thing to be declaimed before everybody um and so i don't see what good it does to do that dry declamation other than as you say look at me, I'm enjoying this language distilled to the utmost perfect pinnacle <laughs> uh, by Roger McGough. Do it, Roger. Roger. Make up the sort of poem that Roger McGough would do. Go on. Okay, he, it would be... And then I'll do one. This is, this this is, is a poem. Is a, they're always slightly homey. This is the, exactly. This is a poem about dads and gardens. 
Come on then. I'm in. Or, me dad. He's in the garden. He's got the trowel in his hand. Oh, what's he going to do now, I wonder? As he asks me to lend a hand. Yes, that's good. <laughs> Digging out weeds, says father. That's how we'll spend our day. But to father, I say, it's a Saturday. I want to go out and play. <laughs> that's as much as I can be bothered to do. Give me a title. Um, your title is um, uh, Washing Up. Washing up. A soap full of suds. Mud and fears and troubles in my pot. I wash and wash. I wash the lot. But my head still remains enfouled with the day's disappointment. <laughs> He's not never be that depressing. No, this is the next one on... Uh, this is the next... That, that, no, that's not... No, Roger McCoff's reading Oh, right, sorry, that's right. Sorry. Uh, that's, depressed, oh, yeah, that's, depressed, right. that's Depressed Lady. And that was... That was a depressed Mrs. Mrs. Depressed Lady. <laughs> Mrs. Depressed Lady of, of Boringshire wrote in saying she'd very much like so to So moving. Hear. If you notice, it perhaps isn't just her washing that's getting the rinse around. <laughs> she says it always reminds her of her mother dying of cancer. <laughs> yes. Now, let us have a haiku about the spring... <laughs> Haikus are such cheats in English, aren't they? I mean, basically, I wrote like no, ooh, I wrote a book. Ooh, five, five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables, with some vague notion of um, of nature and a slight non sequitur at the end. Gosh, that's difficult. Nobody can do <laughs> that's that. Right. <laughs> I wrote a, an article for Rock Web Shotgun a week ago entirely in haiku. Did you about haikus? Yes, I did. Cause it's, actually, I actually managed to get the haiku into the title as well. Actually, the, the, the sonnet I'm most proud of is um, somebody once challenged me in half an hour to write um, an ode to the TCP IP internet protocol oh, yes. in half an hour uh, in, in Shakespeare in sonnet form, mm-hmm. which I did. And it was actually quite good. Excellent. But again, I say that in a boastful sort of, oh, look at me, technical this way. This is exactly how I feel about um, Brian's Guide, the webcomics. Mm-hmm. Um, I can well, which, produce which them, but you, I have yeah. no respect for myself for having done so. Yeah, Suppose so. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can. Li- I'll tell you what. You can link to my poem and see. I, w- I want to. Ha- I want to have all our listeners, all our listener. Yeah. <laughs> I want them. I want them to give a full critical analysis of it, including all the imagery and what it means. Okay, that's a good idea. <laughs> so if you, if you send that to, yes, yeah, so if you send that to, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I have great fun to see that happen. It's an unseen poem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, John will link to it, and I yes. want everybody to give it an English literature. <laughs> like one of our stinking listeners would ever bother. Like to they would actually do anything. that podcast at rumdoings.com. John is going to link it to botherer.org/blog and read it there. Um, and let us know what you let us know your full criticism because I love it. It's so absurd when you do get those yes, right, yeah. pull it apart like a like a um, and then someone wings. marks it. Yes, you were, you correctly interpreted this poem. Or no, you incorrectly. You found some it. imagery in a way. Yes, there is That's alliteration right. there. That's correct. Yes, this is an example of onomatopoeia. Yeah. Mark, <laughs> Mark. Matthew, Luke, and John. I think that I what I wish. Is that when an onomatopoeia? Upon a star. I wish that an onomatopoeia sound is like onomatopoeia, like it made that noise. It does make that noise. That would be great. It does make that noise. <laughs> I just made myself laugh. Yes. It does make that noise. It doesn't, innit? It, it does. It does. What noise do you think it makes? If I say plop, mm-hmm. and then you say that's an onomatopoeia, but we don't hear an onomatopoeia sound. They plop do. doesn't sound like the word. It should always sound like onomatopoeia. Oh, you mean that whenever something plops, it should sound like plop? Or should yes, it sound like... right. It should sound like the word onomatopoeia. <laughs> Ow. Just hit my head. Have, you, have, my you, had, have, you, have you had too much? Of, I think uh, I might have too much turquoise. Too much aniseed. 
Anus. Anis. Um, I haven't had too much because I've been bet neither of us have sipped more than let's have a bit half more. a sip. No, oh, I haven't have, have a, a sip. No, I'm not having it because I've run out of coffee to wash the taste away with. I, well, I, I frankly prefer coffee from a glass. But well, I'm drinking it from a purple china mug, so I... Racist. I pursue it. Well, I've already got into trouble ridiculous. for my Chinese, and you're talking about Chinese. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that Why did you explain? It was weeks ago now. We've never yeah. discussed this. No, so explain was... what happened. <laughs> uh, was it two or three podcasts ago, mm. you... Um, were teaching me some Chinese. Well, I was giving you examples of the tonal. You system, were teaching yeah. me how to say, um, I, are, I am a Chinese person, or I am an I'm English a Chi- person. I'm a, that's right, yeah. in Chinese. And then someone wrote on my form spring, why do you think it's acceptable for Nick to be racist <laughs> on the podcast when other people it's not? And I, so I said, the only time I could think that you would have been racist in the podcast was you're talking in Chinese. And I, and then I jokingly referred yeah. to that and I said, yes, why did he have to say it in a sing-songy... Why can you just say it like English? If why you said it like it, English, it would have been all right. racist. But he had to say it in a sing-songy way, mocking the Chinese. Yeah. As an example, of which I find it, I find wonderfully ironic because it means that he thinks that anybody who doesn't speak like English is immediately mocked. That's right. <laughs> I mean, if you were doing, if you were doing speaking in English in a Pakistani accent, going, "Ah, oh, I run a corner shop." Then me, yes, I could understand. What do you want me to do that? Oh, I yes. run a corner shop. Oh, you're so racist. Yeah, exactly. Because. Because um, you'd just be going for stereotypes, yeah. but you were pronouncing a tonal language in the context of saying this is the tonal language. Here are the tones. But at that point, uh, that does raise an interesting question. It doesn't reason? beg the question; it raises an interesting question. Do not misuse. When beg. does one beg the question? One begs the question when there is a circular argument. I, when you think you're giving an answer to something, but that just refers back to the question. For example, um, if you say, if you say to me, which you will, you say, um, "I know the Bible is true." Mm-hmm. Because God wrote it, right? And I know that God wrote it because He said so in the Bible. Yes, I'm always saying that. That to you. begs the question. Okay, you understand it's a circular argument. Yes, because it means you're not answering the question. The answer merely goes back to the question, so it begs mm-hmm. the question gotcha. be re-asked again. It doesn't mean hmm, I've thought of a question. <laughs> I beg you to answer it. Yeah, exactly. So it might suggest a question, but no, begging a question entails circularity. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway. Um, uh, that, what, what was I saying? I have no idea. No, that, 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 that does suggest the question. When does it become a racist to accurately or even humorously um, copy an accent? Well, if I were to do, if I were to speak in a an American accent, or on, in an Australian accent, or... do both of those. No, I... I mean, let's do no. Okay, I'm going to do an American accent. Oh, I'm going you're to... a G Wilkers. If you okay, want to is that silly. racist? Uh, it's stereotyping. The American race. Yes, exactly. Okay, and what if I? So that's stereotyping. What if I speak, oh, hello. Hello, I'm the Queen. Hello, hello. And all upper class people speak like that. Is that is that racist? Race, you racist. No, but what, what is it? Is it? It's stereotyping it's okay. the upper class. Okay. But it's not even so much stereotyping. Well, it is. It's saying here is an accent that's representative okay. of the upper uh, okay. class. Okay. And what if I go, oh, because I speak a Norwich accent. Well, is that, is that <laughs> racist? <laughs> that, well, that accent was. But otherwise, not normally. No. Is it racist? <laughs> no, it's not racist. Okay. But now, is it okay? Um, if I go, if I go, um, let's think of one that I can can't do. Um, <laughs> can't do. No, but if if you actually say thank you very much, it's very good of you to be able to visit me today. Um, I wonder if you'd like to come this way, please. Mm-hmm. That's a sort of a in an Indian accent. Is that racist? It, people seem to think so. As soon as you go but Asian, Indian, I, obviously I can't do the accent particularly well but you got what I was trying to sure. do and I wasn't particularly being grotesque about no. it is that racist? I would say not but what is it? 
is mocking. I mean, no, it's just being representative of. An I, mean, I actually quite like the Indian accent as, sure. as, as, as it happens. I wonder. What, it, it seems that people are very sensitive these days. Doing any imitation of an accent is yes. a dangerous thing to do these unless days. Unless it's unless it's American or English, those are both fine. American or English, or, or very bad South African or Australian, of course. Yeah. So ironically, there are racist demarcations about what accents you're allowed to copy. You're allowed to copy mm-hmm. accents of what you consider to be the predominant racist. That's right, yes, that's racist. right. But any, but any other any hint accent, of minority. Yes, is, is racist and mocking, which I find sad because that means that we're still racist if we think that. What's your least favourite accent? Oh, you now you're getting me started. I think that when Cockney mixes, as I've said before, when Cockney mixes with any immigrant accent, it produces a very unpleasant mix, rather like this pastis. Um, yes. It... Uh, it's very interesting. I mean, second or third generation London Greeks, mm-hmm. second or third generation, there are, there's even a, a very unpleasant sort of um, what my family call clapper tongue London Jewish accent. The London Afro Caribbean. So anti Semitic. Yeah, the London, I'm, ra- I'm ra- ra- racist as well because the London Afro Caribbean accent is deeply uh-huh. unpleasant. Whereas actually the Caribbean accent itself I find to be one of the most lovely ones. Um, yeah, lovely, yeah, exactly. I, uh, it, it does something. It does something. It, it's it's like when you have two pretty, two interesting colours of plasticine. You mix it together and just produce a sludge. That nasty grey plasticine. Yeah. Okay, plasticine. Uh, uh, oh, you got me saying plasticine. Plasticine. Oh, no, Chandeliers. <laughs> Why are you laughing? In intra podcasting commentary. There. That's right. It was it's true. Mail podcast at rumdoings.com if you can guess what, and you win a prize. That's right. You won. Win John's. John will ensure that you get prayed for and saved, even if you don't believe in Jesus. If can you, I do that? You can, if you if you answer that question. I'm not quite sure that's how it works. It is, you can. He, he allows you get, get out of jail free card oh, for, yes. for one lucky one, listener. One lucky listener. <laughs> get, out, get, out, get out of hell free. Eternity in heaven is the prize. Not a bad prize. Not it? a bad prize, but it's quite an easy... Why did we say chandelier, and why did John yes. laugh? That's right. If you can answer that... Yes. Podcast around doing you may well be saved. That's true. <laughs> so try it out. That's right. Yes. Okay. Well, there we are. <sighs> it's one of those days, isn't it? It is. What? What do I mean by that? <laughs> I have no idea. Exactly. But you agreed. <laughs> what other meaningless niceties are there? <laughs> as you do, as you are. That's another meaningless. How are you? What do you think of that? Oh, how are you? I hate. This is how I answer. Uh, ask me how Ça va bien, merci. Ask me how are you, and I'll. T- this is how I genuinely reply when people ask me. How's Laura? <laughs> Close for try. How are you? Uh, oh hi, John. How are you? Mm. It's genuinely how I answer that question. Have you now. answered back? You've I been very impolite. I cannot. I'm so angry with the question now. I can't be bothered to even express that I'm not interested in answering. Hello, how I are just you? Go, uh. Hello, how are you? <laughs> yes, how are you? Hello, how are you? Hi. Hey. I like it when people <laughs> answer the question even though you haven't asked it. Fine, thanks. No, I'll do, really? well, I'll do that. Do that to me then. Go on then. Do do prep me for that mistake. Hey, Nick. Oh yeah, fine, thanks. <laughs> oh yeah, fine, thanks, and you? Yeah, yeah. Do you like the fine thanks and you? Fine thanks and you. Fine thanks and you. Fine thanks and you. There's no other answers acceptable. Because the other thing I like to do is answer the question as well. Okay, let's try it now, John. Okay. Hi, John. How are you? Um, I'm I'm yeah. kind of tired, mm-hmm. and it's it's just got to the point where I'm thinking if I can't actually get a decent night's sleep soon, I think I'm going to lose my mind. And you? <laughs> and you? <laughs> You forgot that you got, you got two cock. I've got. I think I've got the starting of a cold, and um, I'm feeling quite depressed about some stuff. And you? Now I am. Um, <laughs> yes, and, and you? 
<laughs> what? So awful. What? Uh, 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 a moratorium. It's it, it, it's interesting though. You did say that you were unable to sleep. Is this true? No, not really. I'm just a little bit tired. But is is it a bit true? Is is it that you? I have. I hate sleep. No, we have, we've, we've discussed this before. No, we haven't, have we? I've written about it on rock paper. Are you, I've said I'm suspicious of sleep. I don't trust it. I hate it. Why? Because it's rude. It's interrupting my day. It is very rude. To be getting on oh, with. Also, I, really I don't. don't want I don't. Sleep. I don't like the way it creeps up on you. No. How dare you? I know. <laughs> At least you can feel a sneeze coming where you see, yes, one minute right. you're conscious and you're not going to go, oh, oh my goodness, it's the next morning. What happened? Oh, how dare you do that to me? It's awful. I want to just, I want to play all night. I don't want to go to bed. Well, exactly. But even sometimes when I think, oh, I'm going to go to sleep now and I'm listening to something and I can actually feel myself drifting, I'll fight against it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to allow myself to be conned that's like right, this. Right. How dare you? Plus, I never have good dreams. All my dreams I seem sinister or worrying or upsetting or I dream stuff that makes me feel guilty no my dreams are okay but I don't like having a non-lucid dream I don't like the the fact that I'm being deceived into thinking it's a reality while afterwards I feel annoyed and betrayed by wasting whatever emotional energy <laughs> oh, you've been having. any time you have a dream of any pure, fa- positive fantasy, you know, flying dreams are the obvious example. Yeah. No, but even if it's banal, I just resent having to think about and pretend that that's real when I'm not being given the full facts. <laughs> it's a good job you do have that distinction, otherwise you'd go mad. No, but it, it, no, no, it really does annoy me. I would prefer, in a sense, that I thought I were going into an alternate universe and that mm-hmm. was fine. It's when I wake up and realise that no, I've just been... My, my mind has been tossing itself off, annoys me. <laughs> it really is an annoying... I mean, I mean one, not, not that one has those sorts of exciting dreams. That to them, Guaranteed to be woken up if you do. Messy dreams. Messy dreams. No, to be fair, I, uh, no, I always, uh, rather frustratingly, I will generally, where, if, if a dream ever did, I'm not that I have them anymore now that I'm so old and decrepit, Married. but if I ever, if I ever did have such a dream, it would always, it would always end before anything, just before anything exciting would happen. I know. I think, what? You wasted all my time and then you press stop? <laughs> what nonsense is that? Am I some sort of low, bad quality porn channel that suddenly, <laughs> suddenly becomes encrypted when it becomes interesting? <laughs> Your preview period has ended. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, I assume you've had some experience. It's, it's, yes, it's, absolutely. You know, it, it, awful, awful. You know, oh, getting a bit more. That's the end. It's time for the it's time for the national anthem now. It's the end of bro- end of broadcast. <laughs> it's time for the world service. Do you remember when BBC One would say? And Danny Baker was discussing this recently, so I kind of feel like I'm stealing it from him. But I've I've often thought about this myself. Myself, I don't like it when people say myself. I've often thought about this. I don't need to say myself. Um, what does it do? I've often thought about. No, it's okay because you say I've often thought about this myself. It um, it makes it it makes it clear. That you've had these thoughts independently. I think, of him. It's, I think it's tautology. It's ex- no, it's not. It's an emphasis. I, I've, I no, guess. I, well, maybe. I've often thought about this. Means well. Do you mean no? There's. It, it is resolving ambiguity because I've often oh, thought not, about as this. Not as a consequence of listening yeah, to him, but so, that's just yeah. So I've often volition. thought about this myself. Means I've actually. I generated I've, the I've thoughts, had the yeah. genesis yeah. of the thought. No, don't no. sue me, Danny. <laughs> please, Danny Baker. Please right. don't sue me. Uh, no, so he was talking about the, the, the idea that do you remember, I remember this very well. Maybe maybe this is before you moved to the country. I'm not sure, maybe. but BBC One would say, say like about yes. some point in the afternoon. No, no, no. Some point oh. in the afternoon they would say, and uh, BBC One returns in at four o'clock with mm. uh, with Pigeon Street. And oh, for I now, remember Pigeon Street. Pigeon Street got us out. And for now, Pigeon Street. And for now, 
Here's some music. And they were just going... Here are the people that you can meet. Here are the people who would say hello, goodbye, hello, goodbye. Pigeon Street, their wings go beat, they beat, beat, beat. (laughs) To meet in Pigeon... That that had a good combination of synthesizers and real instruments. It did, and it had it had so many good songs in it too. My friend thought the long distance Clara was a boy because she drove a lorry. Mm, I've heard about that before yeah. about other people. No, it's one of the few um, few shared cultural experiences we have. Molly and Polly are two of a kind. They look both the same when they turn behind. It, it, when they turn around, it's easy to see it, it's Molly it's with an M and like, Polly with it, a P. How dare you talk across my rendition of a Pigeon Street song? No, but because uh, I had something more interesting to say. I doubt that it, very it, much. It, here, here's why I think about it. It, it. it it was broadcast in South Africa. Yes. And think about it. What the sort of society it represented. Well, that's interesting. Very mixed, multiracial. Yes, mixed race. Uh, and that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Uh, that and the Cosby Show, very popular. Yes. Um, but anyway, the point was that the BBC would just go, uh, yeah. we don't have any programmes for the next hour, so they'd just put teletext on and play some music. Can you imagine the BBC going, eh, got nothing for you, just have some teletext. I quite like that. I think everybody C-facts, should do. of course. I think everybody should do that. It'd be so much better than some of the programmes they've got on these days. Eh? No, but I think that would be good if telly went to bed and it yeah. just had breaks and that kind of thing. I think <laughs> it would be better. Wouldn't it be good? But it was very frustrating if you got up and you would t- went. You got up early, like, say, at 7.20. and you went A.M. A.M. Yes. <laughs> Not entirely student audience, and then I turned on the television to watch some children's programming. Turned on BBC Two, and all they were doing was showing C-Facts or the, the test plunky, card, plinky, plunky music. Or the test card. Yes. Sometimes you saw the the lady, you would, the, the, the girl young girl and the, and the doll. But that's a little bit trite to point to observe make observations mm-hmm. on the test card. It is. So let's not. Let's never do that. Let's not talk. Have we said what we're not talking about? I don't think we have. Are you sure? No, we did. We said you could. It was your staycation. You said it. Yes, I did. We did. Phew. Can you oh. imagine? We'd have to start the whole thing <laughs> we again. We'd have to. Oh my goodness! I realised oh. you've forgotten to get, uh, say last week. You forgot to say, uh, and you're in trouble. Uh, I no, imagine. no, stop, stop. I'll uh, I'll <laughs> just don't say anything more. Yes. I'll go back in time and deal with that. I'll go back in time, will you? Yes. <laughs> How could that be possible, Nick? I don't understand. Shh. Do, Tell do, me do, about do, when do, you invented do, your. And now for the rest of Rom doings. Sit some do t- some music. <laughs> That's all the prom doings. Stan gets and his bossa nova. Um, I've got that album there. Oh yeah, so you Stan gets bossa nova somewhere on the shelf. I find it quite quaint that you have a wall full of CDs. So do I. Don't think I think they're about ten years old. What, do, back. what are you doing with them? My plan is to take them all out of their boxes and r- rip them. any I care about, and then give the shelves to Laura because she needs some CD shelves. Well, do that now. Because she's from the past where they still listen to CDs. I assume she she listens to cassettes. <laughs> That's right. She listens to cassettes, and they don't they don't have internet in their house. No, really. They have a dongle that can get them the internet for the brief moments when they need it. What sort of house doesn't have internet? I know. It makes me feel uh, slightly it, it, sick. It, maybe it's a, a Christian house. Oh, it's a Christian thing. <laughs> don't, the Christians don't like the internet. No, I think that's probably what it is. Actually, I don't think they have the internet. That's We've awesome. never discussed the childcare action project. On mm. rum doings. No, we haven't. That's actually. Christians on Cap- the internet. Cap alert. Cap alert. Actually, do you, yeah, do you want I to... I hinted toward it yesterday. Does he... Last time, didn't I? Don't yesterday. Does he... Does, <laughs> the line's falling apart, Nick. I can't maintain it any longer. Does he actually... Does he actually... Um, he still exists? I, I, I think they ran out of money. Which is a tragedy. <laughs> People stop saying, giving them money to yeah. pay for this. And he was so confused right, Start from this. the beginning. Start from the beginning. Explain. We haven't really... 
We've, we've already done our time. It's going to be we, a long one. Well, okay, well, no, we'll, no, we'll no, 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 let's do Capulet next time. We, no, we'll, no, no, we're no. doing it now. We're doing it no, no, we're doing, no, we're doing no, I want to stop because I actually want to look, see if we've got to get some reviews. Well, I'm going to introduce it now because it's just frustrating. Introduce it now, but we will discuss it. We're having to wait a week. But we will discuss it next week. So Capulet was this lovely Christian fellow. He's something that's very. He came from a a good a good hearted place I think hmm. um, where he would uh, review movies because all movie reviews were corrupt and evil is in his opinion hmm. and he would review movies by telling the truth and he would have his own special rating system because the rating the systems were all evil which would um, tell, warn Terrible. parents of the true evil in all these films and there would be and it was just what was so joyful about this site was finding the most innocent film you could think of and then finding the reason why he'd given it his red flashing light of danger. <laughs> yes. Um, and it was like, I remember Black, Black Beauty is one of the two films he ever liked, I think. He ever gave yeah. a full green light to. But there However, still... there were warnings. Be careful because there's a scene in which the, the bur- barn is burning and mm. Black Beauty is inside and the child runs in and the parent says not to go in to rescue it and the child runs in anyway and this is disobeying your pet exactly, and, yeah. and it will link to that verse yeah. and he's saying it's very important when watching the film to sit and talk with them and explain to them about that the they, dangers that they were this. very bad to rescue it was very Black naughty Beauty. to rescue and then there are other films as well where the most innocuous thing he'll find yeah, in right. it, and he'll they flash red light and say you'll go to hell if you watch this but the one film he couldn't bring himself to do that with, do you remember, was Mary Poppins. Mary, I was going to say Mary Poppins. Which, which, let's about let's a analyse witch. about a witch. <laughs> yes. yes. And, you know, and there are moments of peril and scariness. The and children are against the parents. She, she, usury as well. Yes. Yeah. She encourages the parents to rebel against, the children to rebel against their parents. The central plot of Mary Poppins, the reason Mary Poppins is a fantastic film and everyone should rewatch mm. it, even though they think they know it already, mm. is it's actually about emancipation. Um, well, of course. I mean, she is. Remember, she's part of the suffragettes. Of course, it exactly. Is. But that's what people. That is about emancipation when you watch... of all of all the characters in that stifling class. Exactly, the children, the father, mm-hmm. the mother, and the uh, workers. And the father loses his job and has to rely on the mother for for income, which is so um, mm. controversial at the time. If you actually read the book, it's much darker. I think you yes? should read oh, the book. Read the book, Mary Poppins. You'll be interested. Oh, okay. Remember, this is a Disney thing, so it it, 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 wasn't it misses ex- out a lot. But st- and yet still was mm. that the the, the, the it was not the even first, undertones, the overtones. As I've mentioned, as I've mentioned, it was, a, it was the first film I ever saw in the cinema when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was re, being replayed in a, a very crafty old cinema in South Africa. And my mum said, when when the film finished and the lights came up, I started crying. Yeah, because it was like the magic had ended, and I just didn't want it to stop. Right. Um, and so it's always stuck with me as being uh, a film that I still see through a child's eyes, which is. Uh, I suppose what some people feel about Star Wars. Maybe. Oh, now to be remade in 3D, just to... Is it really? Yeah. Lucas is, <laughs> is, is, is morphing them into 3D. Oh, gosh. You know what? I don't think he's wrung quite enough That's money right. out of them. Right. I think he's suddenly... You know what? Those have been lying about for nearly three minutes. And <laughs> they haven't uh, earned me any new money in the last three minutes. I... Going to convert them to 3D. As soon as I, I never really cared much about Star Wars, but as soon as I heard that they were going to be um, changing the special effects on them, and to date this, this is pre DVD, so it was a long time ago. Um, so they updated the special effects, some really bad uh, early naughty special effects. Um, I bought the, the the originals in widescreen on on VHS, which I've still got. I think it's the only way you can get. Can them. you get the originals on DVD? No, That's what rather, no oh, George Lucas so has basically he sues to death anybody who tries to. <laughs> Oh, it's awful. He is awful. I've had dinner in the same room as him. We're going to be talking about that next episode. Oh, he... Goodbye. We'll never remember. Think you can't just end it like that. Goodbye. It's rude. First of all, we have to slag off our listeners before we end. Uh, oh, yeah. Podcasts at Rum Doing Something. I'll tell you what, why don't we tell a poem to slag them off? 
No. After, I was a, thinking about Roger McGough. A Roger McGough. I was going to ask you what you think of John Hegley. He's another. He's he's the other. He's the other northern poet. I like him a lot. He has a poem which is called "The Difference Between a Dog and a Shed," mm. and the poem goes, "You can't give a dog a coat of creosote." Yes, that's a good poem. Mm, no, it's it's a, it's a cracker joke. Um, <laughs> it's not a great better that, than a cracker joke. That, that's what I was saying I about art. Cracker jokes. That's what I was saying about art last time. Art becomes bad metaphor. Poems become mildly good gags. Um, no, let's tell a poem about. The lonely man sits beshaded by his own ignorant, misguided hope not to communicate. He clicks the mouse, or does the mouse click him? I think you're far too generous to Roger McGough. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>